0: It is to take charge over your thinking, to regain your dominion over your thinking, and in particular, we want to do what the Bible says. You want to set your mind. Say out loud right now, I have the ability to take authority over my thinking. I want to to show you something here in Colossians. We're going to look at this in the uh, New Living Translation. Then I also want to look at uh, verse 2 in the Amplified Bible about this this area of of your thinking. And I want you guys, by the way, to know that all throughout the Bible, you see that your mind and your heart, that is something that you're responsible for. It's all throughout the Bible. Someone says, Well, it exists this in Scripture?" Yes, it is. Uh, it's all throughout the Bible where God is telling us about the importance of of guarding our heart, guarding our thinking, guarding our mind. And notice what He says here in Colossians chapter three, verse one. He says, "Since you have been raised to new life with Christ." That's pretty awesome, guys. He says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. So he's telling me to set my sights on, take note of this, guys, the realities of heaven. The realities of heaven. Uh, Sometimes people have to be reminded, you know, you can get so caught up in the stuff of this world, you got to be reminded it's, it's the realities of heaven, guys. You know, this is not... This is a nice thing to think about. This is a, there, there's a spiritual reality, and 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 the Bible says you want to set your sight, or as we will see in a minute, to set your mind on the realities of heaven. Look at verse two. Verse two, he says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Stop right there. He's telling us right here what you are to think on. You as a born-again believer, you are to think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Guys, ever notice the stuff that makes you worried? It's the, the things of the earth. It's the stuff that's going on in the world. It's the stuff that you hear when you turn on the news. You know, it's, it's man, it's going to be a recession. Maybe there's not going to be enough. Well, Alex, what if I lose my job? Alex, what if something happens to my health? What if something happens to my kids? Hold on. The Bible says to set your mind on the things of heaven, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And so in other words, you want to think about the, 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 the things that are true about you in Christ. You want to think about uh, what, what God says is true about you in Christ. And may I remind you guys, the Bible says that you are seated in those heavenly places with him. You see? And so you want to turn your thinking in the direction of what is true about you in Christ. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And so there's a there's a reality about you that is unseen. The stuff that makes you worried, this, the stuff that's seen, but there's a reality, an unseen reality about you in Christ. That's what he's telling you to think on. That's what he's telling you to meditate on. And verse 4 says, And when Christ, who is your life. Christ is your life. Say that out loud. Christ is my life. Glory to God. Christ is your life, he says, when he's revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now, that's awesome. Guys, what that does is, that's going to give you a positive picture about the future. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about, you know, when, when Jesus comes back. I'm talking about in general One thing that's going to help you to not be worried is to replace your negative image about the future with a positive expectation about the future, with a positive expectation that you get when you meditate on the promises of God, when you meditate on what God has promised you in His Word. Amen. Look at this uh, in the uh, New King James, actually, Colossians 3, 2, and then in the Amplified. I want to show you this here. In the New King James, he says, Set your mind. Set your mind. That's the key we're talking about here tonight. Set your mind on the things above, not on on things on the earth. And so what does it mean to set your mind? To set your mind is to be intentional about what you're going to be focusing on. You see, you can set your mind in the same way that you got to set an alarm clock. You see, when you don't set your mind, what happens is your mind is going to get hijacked by the stuff of the world. And so you got to set your mind, the Bible says, to set your mind. Look at this in the uh, Amplified now. Colossians 3 two Amplified says and set your minds and this is what I want you to see and keep them set on what is above set your mind keep it set everybody say set your mind keep it set if you're watching with someone by any chance look at them and say you got to set your mind and keep it set praise God <laughs> and the other person say you do the same amen. Uh, He says, "Set your mind and keep it set uh, on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are in the earth." So, so we got to be intentional about what we place our our focus on, guys. We got to be intentional thinkers because, like I said, if we don't set our minds, your mind is going to get hijacked by whatever is going on in the world. You turn on the news media, and then they're going to tell you, "Oh man, we got we need you to be worried about all these things." And so rather than tuning into that, you got to be intentional about what you put your focus on. It's about being intentional. There's something very powerful guys when we live in a way that is intentional. You see, God created you to be intentional about the stuff in your life. He wants you to, to be in this world in a way where you're intentional about who you are and where you're going. You see, you see. And, and so that is a very, very important, important thing. Maybe you were brought up in a way where you thought, Man, i got to be worried. i got to do this and that. Where did that come from? Who told you that? You see, now notice this, guys. This is huge. When we set our minds, take note. If, if, you, if you're taking notes, write this down. What happens is when you begin to set your mind, you now become a thermostat rather than a being a thermometer. A thermostat rather than a thermom- th- thermometer. Now, what's the difference? Well, obviously, we know a thermostat is, is, is something that's going to set the temperature, r- r- whereas a thermometer is, is just going to be measuring the temperature. <laughs> you see, you see, you want to live your life in a way where you are a thermostat, and so in other words, rather than allowing external circumstances to dictate how you think and feel, think and feel, remember they go together, what you want to purpose in your heart is to set your mind and to keep it set on the things of God, and as you do that, what happens is, you can then go through your life where you're someone, a glory to God, where you walk into a room, and rather than letting the atmosphere in that room dictate how you feel, you know, everybody's kind of heavy and negative and worried, well, it starts to pull you down. No. Rather than that, what you want to do is, you want to be someone uh, who who goes into that room, glory to God. Because you are in that room, you start to lift up that room, glory to God. I want you to understand, you have the ability to do that. You, as a child of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the ability to do that. You have, remember, glory to God, you have the presence of God that goes with you everywhere that you go. You have the presence of God that is with you, and so there's something very powerful when you walk in that, when you set your mind on this truth, uh, that He is with you, and uh, that He is in you, uh, that He never leaves you nor forsakes you. And glory to God, what happens is you're no longer just reacting to life. No, now you are someone who is intentional about what's happening in your life. You are someone who's going to begin to set the atmosphere rather than just reacting to uh, the atmosphere. Are you guys picking this up here tonight? If you understand that, say, Amen. Glory to God. Another thing that happens when you set your mind is, and I touched on this before, we learn to respond rather than react. There's a difference between reacting and responding. Someone says, Alex, what's the difference? Uh, A reaction is kind of like a reflex. A reaction is kind of something where it just kind of feels like you have no choice. In other words, like earlier, I was talking about your emotions. Sometimes it feels like you're just reacting, you know, uh, to something and you feel like you have no choice. When you're, when you have this worry habit, it feels like you have no choice. But I want you to understand there's a reaction. It's, it's as if we have no, little or no control over it. But then you can, rather than react to life, you can be someone who responds and a response implies that you have a choice. I can choose to respond to what life throws at me rather than just react to it. Now, when we, uh, you know, reactions are habitual. And oftentimes, guys, our habits are caused by our habitual mental emotional patterns. Now, someone says, Alex, what's a mental-emotional pattern? A mental-emotional pattern is a conditioned way of thinking. And remember, the way you think is going to determine how you feel. And so, if you have a conditioned way of thinking, what happens is that's going to condition how you feel. You see, I want you to see how your thoughts and emotions are inter interrelated. And so, there's a m- a habitual mental-emotional patterns that, that happened. Maybe you're in a high pressure situation and you start to just react in a certain way. And it's almost like, again, it feels like you have no control over it. It just happens. And so, what causes us, however, to react is, is of course, not the thoughts that we think alone. It's that emotional charge uh, that accompanies those thoughts. Emotions are powerful because these are their feelings on the inside that are going to move you in a certain direction for good or for bad. Now, it can take some digging to actually see this, guys. But the point I'm getting at here tonight is that that's all that worry actually is. It is a habitual reaction to life that is based on conditioned mental, emotional patterns. You see this? And so and so what I'm got what I'm trying to get you to see is is that you have a choice in the matter that you have the ability to change your mental emotional conditioning how by changing your habitual thought patterns by beginning to be, to be habitual about the word of god you see something happens rather than you going now to the worst case scenario i want your first response to be what does the word of god have to say about it and you can really train yourself in this uh one thing i also want to mention is is by the way you, you want to be careful what you say. Some people, and they don't mean anything by it, I understand that, guys, but you got some stuff to do, and you you, you realize you can't do every, all of it now, you're going to do it later, and so you say something to the effect of, well, we'll worry about that later. <laughs> Anybody ever said that, guys? We'll worry about that later. Now, I want to encourage you to not word it quite that way. If you, if you ever are with me, guys, you will notice I don't use the word worry. I, I, I got rid of that years ago. I don't use that word. So rather than saying, we'll worry about that later, I'll say, well, we'll take care of that later. We'll handle that later. You see, you want to actually eliminate the, wor- the word worry from your vocabulary, child of God. And you have the ability to do that. Now, a couple of things real fast, and I want to show you an example from Scripture also. How do we practically do do this? Very easy, guys. Daily quiet time with God. Daily quiet time with God, that's it. The way that we start the day, I want you to understand, is usually going to determine how your day is going to go. Now, you don't have to take quiet time in the morning, but I recommend it. I recommend taking some some time in the morning just alone with God. I do this every single day, guys, even if I have to get up early, man. I'm going to get up early to spend some time with the Lord. I got up at 3 a.m. the other day because I wanted to make sure I had some time with God before I had to go off and do some things that day. And so I will just get up early. I don't care what it is. There there's certain things that I'm not going to ever give up, and one of those things is my daily quiet time with God, Someone says, Alex, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. Well, hold on, friend. How important is this to you to start to set your mind? You see? Because what you can do is you can develop positive habits. And that's all this is. This is developing a positive habit. You say you don't have time for it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have time to eat? <laughs> Glory to God. I hope you do. Uh, do you have time to, you know, take a shower? Maybe you have time to take a shower every now and then or brush your teeth. You know, I don't know. Now, if you got time for that, then I'm sure you can find some quiet time with Jesus, Amen. Guys, remember this is all about your relationship. How good is your relationship with your wife or with your husband? If you say, "Man, Alex, I just don't have any time to to spend with them. Alone time with my with my wife or with my husband. Really, you know, Alex, I don't have time for that. I'm busy." Well, guys, I'm going to submit to you that's not going to be a very healthy marriage. You see? And so in the same way, you want to make time to spend it alone with God. Now, it's not, you know, you don't want to get into this thing where you're spending quiet time with God, and then you go off into the world, and then you're just going to start reacting to life and being all carnal. No, throughout the day, you want to keep your mind set on on God, on the Lord. Remember, He's always with you. So you might want to have some scriptures you're meditating on throughout the day. You might want to be talking to God about His Word throughout the day. And one thing also, how do we practically do this? I recommend throughout the day you want to take what I call a reset break. What's a reset break? A reset break is you're busy, maybe you have meetings, you're doing stuff, maybe taking care of the kids. Well, every, every now and then what you want to do is set a timer. If you have to remind yourself, you want to take a reset break where you're just going to go... And and have a moment, if it's just a few minutes, by yourself. And what you do is, you just take a moment with God. And what you do is, you set your mind again. You know, you set your mind again on the things that are above. You're tempted to worry, We'll bring that mind back to, what does the Word of God say? Alex, I'm worried I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. What does the Word of God say? You see, you're always worried about something that hasn't happened yet, takes place in your mind. So you gotta come back to what does the Word of God say? So you wanna take reset breaks. I used to do this, guys, a few years ago, I was working at a restaurant, which was a very stressful, crazy job, man. And what I would do is I would just take some time every now and then I would just go to the restroom. I would just go into the bathroom and not to actually use the bathroom, I would just really take a reset break. I would just take a moment of peace, you know? Sometimes you just need that moment. Just bring yourself back to some peace, man. You know, and so, and so you want to do that. Do that throughout the day. Take a reset break. Amen. That's how we practically start to incorporate this into our. Look at with me now before we're out of time already, guys. Uh, Let's turn over to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I want to show you an example from scripture now. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And, guys, I hope you are, this is blessing you. I really hope that this is going to be something that you can start to apply to your life. Because I really believe this is something that God, you know, God wants us to operate in in a peace that's. That has nothing to do with circumstances, you see. And so, I think this is really, in fact, I know it's very near and dear to God because He wants His people free. He wants us free from this worry habit, guys. Now, I want to show you an example in Scripture that really talks about the difference between being worried and distracted and actually taking some time to just be with Jesus, listen to His Word, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Notice what it says here. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Take note, Martha is the one who's welcoming Jesus into her home. So she has good intentions. Martha is the one who's inviting Jesus into her home. and So she, she's coming from a really good place here But notice what happened here, guys. Verse 39 says, Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. And so Mary was taking some time now to just be with Jesus, to just listen to his word. Now look at what Martha did. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Guys, sometimes this is what worry is going to do. Worry is going to cause you to be distracted. Worry is something that's going to distract you. Notice this now. She was distracted. And by the way, she was distracted by a good thing again. She wasn't doing something bad. She was the one who invited Jesus into, into the home. And now she was doing all this things. She was serving the Lord. Ever been there, guys? You're, you're doing all this stuff to serve the Lord. She was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, <laughs> I love this. Is that Lord... Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while, while I while I do all the work, guys? <laughs> Can you imagine? She comes to Jesus. She says, Lord, let me ask you something. Lord, um, I've got a question here. Just a moment here. Uh, doesn't it seem a little unfair to you that you know I'm the one who's doing all this work and my sister, she's just sitting here, she's doing nothing? I mean, just listening to your word, but she's doing nothing. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, look at this. She says, tell her to come and help me. She she says, Jesus, tell her to come and help me. (laughs) She was distracted. It started to mess with her, with how she was perceiving things. Look at verse 41. I love it. It says in verse 41, but the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Have you ever been in a place, guys, where you were just so worried And so worked up and so anxious about all the details. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you're serving the Lord, or you're working on a project that's really important. Maybe it's taking care of the kids. But you're just so worried, so much stuff going on, so upset about all these details. I think Jesus was saying this in a way where he was being compassionate. I don't think he was rebuking her. I think he, he understood where she was coming from. He says in verse 42, There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. The King James here says, There's only one thing that's needful. There's one thing that is needed. And Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. And so, take note that even though Martha was well-intentioned, Martha was uh, was serving the Lord, she was distracted as a result of worry. Sometimes you can be worried for a good reason because or not a good reason, I don't want to say it like that. You can be worried about something that's that seems like a, a good reason to be worried, like I got this important thing that I'm doing. Alex, I'm worried. I just want to get it right. You see, you're coming from a good place. You're coming from a good place. It's 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 really coming from a place of care. And passion perhaps, but you're worried. Now, now she was distracted. It's very interesting that the Bible says that. I wonder if she even heard what Jesus was teaching. This is what I meant. It's going to mess with your, with your perception, how you see things, because Martha invited Jesus in. She had good intentions, but then she's not even going to listen to his word. And she gets upset because Mary is the one who's listening to his word. And so worry will distract us, guys, and it's going to cloud your perception. Again, this goes back to your mind, your soulless realm. Our perception is how we see a thing. Your perception is how you see a thing. It's not how a thing really is. Many times, guys, we don't actually see what's in front of us. What we see is our perception of it. (laughs) Now, however you're thinking, this is how the mind works, however you're thinking, That's going to determine your perception. You change how you think about a certain thing. Sometimes it seems like things change, but really all that's changing is your perception. You're just correcting your perception. Worry is going to distort your perception. Sometimes worry, when we look through a lens of worry, will perceive things incorrectly. very powerful prayer to pray sometimes is, Lord, help me to see things clearly. Help me to have the proper perspective on a certain matter. Sometimes, worries caused, like we said earlier, from a past experience that's now clouding your perception. You're looking at the present through the lens of the past. Say, Lord, help me to see things properly. Lord, help me to perceive things properly. Another thing I want you to take note of here is that we actually get more done And we do it more effectively when we come from a place of calm. When we come from a place of calm. Martha was serving the Lord, but interesting thought actually here. Was Jesus telling her not to do what she was doing? Or was he telling her to do it from a place of not being stressed about it, not being worried about it? what if she would have done what she was doing, but she would have done it from a place of calm? Man, I'm just not going to be worried about all this stuff. I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to take some time here and focus on on, on Jesus, you know? What is word on, on His Word, you see? And so, we will get more done. We will do it more effectively. When we come from a place of calm, we were actually created, guys, to operate from a place of rest. You were not created to come and to operate from a place of stress. I want you to see you know, stress causes all kinds of stuff. It can cause, you know, unease can cause disease in the body a lot of times. And so you were created to operate from this place of rest and peace. Now, where does that rest and peace come from? It comes from alone time spent with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give.